0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of
1: your life. So, part of what we're doing on Wednesday nights in this series on faith and prayer, which followed the series on the finished work of Christ, is we're learning from the Word of God how to walk in what belongs to us. Let's pick up in Ephesians 1:22 and 23. Uh, we were saying last Wednesday that Jesus defeated Satan on our behalf and put Satan under our feet, and God placed, what tense is that, and God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him, what tense is that, what tense is that, past Past tense, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, you know, and I, I felt better this week, I've been listening to a little John Osteen from 25 years ago, and, uh, I was sitting in my office and Sue was sitting there and listening with me and I paused it and I said, you know, it makes me feel better because he repeated himself a lot. And at one point in one of the messages he says, now I know you've heard this, but you need to get it. And uh, so we could stand here and read the genealogy from the Gospel of Matthew, but how would that change your life? And I'm not saying it's not important, I'm just saying it's not really a life changer. But some of these verses, they need to be rehearsed, they need to be repeated, and we need to get them down on the inside of us. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you go back and watch the Holy Week Revival 2000, I believe it's 19, Thursday, Friday night, we talk about how to train the human spirit. I believe I believe, yes, it was uh, Holy Week 2019, and I told the story that we're in a cabin in the woods in February, and I had sat so long and studied so long, you know, I get stiff, and I got up, I walked over to the French doors overlooking the lake, and I said, a lot of times, you know, Dad Hagen called Father God his best friend, and I always thought, you know, I don't know that I would, go that far because I fear him but he is and so you know we can talk to the Lord when it's not really officially prayer you do realize that you know it doesn't have to be like official I'm not I don't even I'm not even coming officially I'm just talking to the Lord he's he's my friend and he's my father and and I do fear him but uh, when I say fear respect I don't I'm not afraid of him well, yeah, I am. <laughs> but uh, he can send you to hell. You know, I, I wouldn't be playing with him. But anyway, uh, I said, I said, how did I do it? I said, because I got revelation on Romans 12 two, late in life. I said, how did I do it? Oh, because I had never heard that message. I was, I was stunned. I was shocked that there was a message of his that I had never heard. And the Lord said, he said, well, son, he said, you got revelation on Romans 12, 2 later in life. But he said, you got revelation on Joshua 1, 8 early in life. And he said, Joshua 1, 8 is the Old Testament version of Romans 12, 2. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what? Do everything written therein. So not, I'm, don't take what I'm about to say and say, well, I don't need to go rehearse and watch 2019 Holy Week revival Thursday, Friday night on training the human spirit. But the way that we train the human spirit, and now I got to back up. He's telling me I have to back up because I see new faces. I've got to back up. When you were born again, your body wasn't changed. If you were tall, you're still tall. If you were thin, you're still thin. Well, maybe not. Uh, if you were you know what I'm saying in other words if you were balding you're still balding so bo- the born again experience does not change the human body okay then we have the soul say it out loud I am a spirit I, am a spirit. I have a soul, I, have a soul. I, live in a body. I live in a body okay so then what is the soul well the soul is the mind the will and the emotions so your soul was not born again and this is part of what Satan uses against you because he can remind you of every evil, wicked thing you did before you got saved. Because see, your mind wasn't born again. That's why you got to do something with your mind. Actually, Romans 12:1 is you've got to do something with your body. Romans 12, 2 is you got to do something with your mind. All right. Train the human spirit. So when you were born again, the unsaved man has a spirit. He's telling me to go back further. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, I think that's as far back as I can go. (laughs) When when Adam and Eve were in the garden, uh, the Lord said, In the day that ye eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so the fact checker came along and he said, that's not accurate. You will not die. You will be like God and you will know everything. All right. So she ate, she handed it to her husband and the Roman Catholic Church has blamed women forever on this, but the Bible says he was standing right there. So it was on him. So she ate, then she handed the apple to him, then he ate. All right. Well, they didn't drop dead. So what does this mean? I mean, did God tell a lie? No. Well, the way we understand this is a part of them died. What part died? The human spirit. All right. But there is a vestige of the human spirit in unsaved people, This is what we call conscience. (laughs) He's he's telling me to clarify, but you can even mess that up. You can sear that. So sociopaths, psychopaths, people that uh, do these horrible, wicked things. uh, In other words, you can take action, repeated action. One action won't do it. You can take Well, it depends what that is, but you can take repeated action and you can sear your conscience as with a hot iron. So even the unsaved man, the vestige of the human spirit that he has can be negated to where he has no conscience. Okay, but let's set that aside. Let's not, let's set aside sociopaths, psychopaths. So for your average, typical unsaved human being, they have a spirit, but it's dead. But that dead vestige of a human spirit is what the world would call conscience. And so even when they do something wrong, they have a a twinge or a a sense in them that I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you get saved, when you get born again, when you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, a part of you, is re-created, re-made, made brand new. Well, it's not your body. We covered that. It's not your mind. We covered that. It is your human spirit. All right. But if you don't do something with that human spirit, that human spirit remains in an infantile state. See, you could be... We had an uh, older man. There's there's hardly any joy that I get out of Sundays more than winning older guys to the Lord because it's a big deal for an older guy to walk the aisle and somebody's been praying for that that person. So there was an older man walked the aisle. So let's say this guy's 60 years old. He walks the aisle. Well, his body may be 60 years old, but his spirit man's, five minutes old. His spirit man's ten minutes old. His spirit man's a half hour old. Do you understand? So in other words, even though this physical body might be 60 years old, this spirit man inside that 60-year-old body is in an infantile state. Now, the way you can maybe understand this is, what would happen if you took a human being, and from the moment they were born, you fed them You met their physical needs, but they were denied. Well, this is called public schools. They were denied education. So their brain would be in an infantile state. Do you understand? In other words, they don't know what 12 times 12 is. Because nobody, in other words, nobody bothered to teach them, but also they took no action. You could understand that? Well, the same thing is true with your spirit. That's pretty rugged. So you got a guy like Elijah, and he walked, uh, Elijah, he walked with the Lord. He did these miracles, and he was swept up, and he went to be with the Lord. He's there right now in his physical body, his normal, natural human body. It was one of two exceptions. And that's why he's got to come back to earth and die during the Great Tribulation, he and Enoch. But then his protege, Elisha, everybody loves to brag on Elisha. But Elisha is one of the very few people in the Bible that the Bible specifically says he died of a disease. So it doesn't matter what kind of gifting you have, it doesn't matter what kind of calling you have, it doesn't matter what kind of anointing you have, you must walk in what God gave you and you must walk by faith. Amen. See, nobody gets a pass. Amen. So, how can we develop this spirit man? Joshua 1.8. Romans twelve two. this is it and this is what Christians don't do and this is why they're weak this is why the devil runs them this is why the devil runs their bodies this is why the devil runs their money uh, Joshua 1 8 do not let this book of the law don't let the word of God depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what to do now At my home, I have everything there because when we were drawing this house, we had a membership at a gym and I decided I didn't like going there and I didn't like that kind of exposure. And uh, so I have everything there. And people come to my home like my son-in-law or Ken Hagen was there last September and he's laughing. You know, they're laughing. Because there's a set of weights. Well, when you buy weights, you know, you buy the rack. They don't have a rack for like old guys. In other words, in other words, it's it's a weight rack. And so then when you buy the weights for the weight rack, well you don't want to you don't want to call and say, "Hey, have you got an old guy set of weights?" So you buy the set. Well, there's weights there that have never been moved <laughs> since they were put on the rack. You know, and the gal, she's got her little feather duster, and she dusts them off and all of that. You know, I I use the ones over on the lighter side. My point is, how do you strengthen your body? You have to, what do you have to, well, you have to what? You have to do something to strengthen your body. I remember being in cross country in high school. I remember being in wrestling in high school. I remember being in track in high school. And we went to the weight room. That's part of what we did. Strength training, they called it. It was just weightlifting. All right. So, you, so in other words, it doesn't just happen. And listen, you can't believe you receive. <laughs> I believe I receive.
0: <laughs>
1: what do they call them? Washboard, abs. I believe I receive abs. That'd be great. But see, that won't work. So in other words, somebody has to what? Okay, so pull that over into the spirit realm. That's true of the human spirit. You got to do something. You got to do something. You got to do something. So my sister-in-law, she got the, uh, got, the Delta variant, went to the hospital, you know, we're always sharing all this information with everybody, but it's like church work, you know, who's listening. So anyway, they let it go too far. Didn't get? They let it get ahead of them. You should already know what to do. You should have all this in your home. You should be ready. Amen. And uh, anyway, she, they, she ended up in the hospital. And because of the system we have in place in this country, they let her lay there three days and did nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they put her on a drug, I don't want to mention, which has a 20% kill rate. And uh, because it's the most expensive drug that, you know, they're using. But anyway, in the midst of this, Sue came to me and she said, you need to pray. And I thought, okay. So... When I was a young man, I'd have just gone to praying. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I mull it over. And so I mulled it over. And I thought, okay, so here's somebody that if it weren't for her, Sue would have to do all kinds of stuff. Sue would be going to Cincinnati all the time. Sue would be doing all kinds of stuff that I don't need her doing because her baby sister takes care of their mom. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So, and then I was reminded of a Kenneth Hagin message. And so I went to the Lord and I just said a handful of words. And I said, Father, I need her. And if I need her, you need her. So I said, it's done. Now, somebody could be upset with me. See, well, you're not going to pray an hour or two or three over that. No, no, no. So I prayed that way. Well, then one of our beloved employees got the next variant. Oh, and so my sister-in-law comes right out of the hospital. She's great. So then one of our beloved employees gets the next variant, and I'm mulling it over before I pray. Sue says, you need to pray because we can't do without this person. And I was mulling it over, and the Lord specifically said to me, that prayer won't work with her. Because, see, in the one situation with my sister-in-law, we're talking about somebody who hasn't been taught the other situation we're talking about somebody who's been taught so God and then Kenneth Hagen said also on praying that way Lord I need them and if I need them you need them he said that'll work one time because after that God expects them to study and to take action and to be, get strong in the Lord so they can pray for, they can pray for themselves So then I had to pray different for this employee, but I also knew that, well, you know, they've been taught, so now they've got to pray. All right, so back to Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. How many of you all want to be prosperous and successful? All right. Well, it's a then. It's a then. And see, people don't want to do the first part. They just want the second part. And it doesn't work.
0: Right.
1: So when we have you say, for example, sometimes on Sunday, I'll, we'll say, say live, in fact, let's do it right now. Lift both hands. Say, thank you, Father God. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. All right, so we just made a confession, but wait a minute. Are your actions lining up with the confession you just made? So in other words, how am I going to get strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Well, I've got to make the spirit man inside of me, this hidden man, the inner man of the heart, the candle of the Lord. I've got to make that strong. See, how did I do this? Two years ago, it was 22 months ago, I stood right here and, and made some crazy pronouncements about the plague. And they, every one of them came to pass. If you go back and you watch the Holy Week Revival 2018, I specifically said, I said, every dream and vision comes to pass in the next 18 months. I said, this, all this will be paid off in the next 18 months. I specifically I specifically said it, but I gave a time frame. You do the math to October, it was November of 2020. It was 18 months. The Bible says of two people in the word of God that the Lord did not allow their words to fall to the ground. That is said of two people, Samuel and Jesus. And that is the end result of a trained, recreated human spirit. You can come to that place. Tell your neighbor, you can come to that place. place. Now, you have no idea how fully aware and how thoroughly convinced I am that, that I'm not special. But when I say that, he's telling me I am because of the call. You can't manufacture a call. You know, people, you know, they, they, they want to act like, well, they did that to Moses. You've gone too far. We are the people of God too. You know, they did that to Moses. Yeah, but he was called. See, and, and there, so that's what made him special, but he still had to be a believer. Okay, so set aside the call. I still had to do something with it. I still had to study. I still had to pray. I still had to believe. I still had to confess. I still had to take action. Do you understand? Because there's a lot of people, in fact, probably most that are called, they're not strong in the Lord than the power of his might. You know, there's a guy that sometimes Austin will draw our attention to, and, uh, you know, he'll start a building project. He'll go out and dig a hole, and, you know, he'll raise money. But nothing ever happens. They never build a building. And then he waits, apparently, the crowd he has. I could never get away with that here. But uh, apparently the crowd he has, he can wait uh, six, eight, 12 months and then do another thing and dig another hole and raise money and then nothing ever happens. See, his words are falling to the ground. And when you have a loved one Or how about this? A child. You don't want your words falling to the ground. You want your words to have power with God. See, that's and that's where I'm at. That's what that's where I that's where I want to head is power with God because every great man that I knew Lester Summerall, Oral Roberts, and then before Lester Summerall, Smith Wigglesworth, they all, they all believed there would be a great revival before the end. John Osteen did. Kenneth Hagin did. they all be- Now, there's no Bible on it, but we, they all believed the same thing. And then David Wilkerson, Sue and I were out in Lindale once, and we heard David Wilkerson say that, that he had had a vision. This is not recorded in any book. It's not on any tape. That was not recorded that day. When Austin heard me tell the story, uh, he contacted... David Wilkerson's administrative assistant she said yeah she said I remember that she said your mom and dad had to have been there in person because she said that's not in a book it's not on tape it's not recorded anywhere but she said I was there I heard it that he had had a vision that there was a revival that would begin in Texas he saw a map of the United States and it was like somebody struck a match under the state of Texas it caught on fire and it spread so in other words this this is a common belief among these great men that there will be a, a revival before the end. Well, see, this is what's on my mind and heart. I want to be a part of it. I don't need to lead it. I don't need to be. A, I don't need to be a big deal. I, but I want a piece of it, Amen. and I want Faith Christian Center to have a piece of it. Amen. But we can't. We can't do that if we're weak. Yes. We can't do that if if I'm the only one speaking the word. Yes. Right. All right, so. Let's get to new ground. John 1:16 says, "From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another." Say it out loud. I receive one blessing after another. I receive one blessing after another. But see, that's fullness. He's talking about the fullness of His grace. We see the same thing in Colossians 2:9 and 10. Colossians 2:9 and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Fullness of the deity in Christ. All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. Now, do we even understand this? Do we even believe this? Have we even tried to get our mind around this? You have been given fullness in Christ. You have been given fullness in Christ. See, because Satan works nonstop to convince us that we're poor, we're weak, we're defenseless, you know, we're pawns of the devil, whatever. he's a bully, Satan's a bully, that's what he is, he's a bully, but the word says you have been given, what tense is that, you have been given fullness in Christ, so do we even dare to believe this, you've been given fullness in Christ, You know, back in the old days, we could go visit people in the hospitals. And I mentioned that somebody the other day, they said, well, that wouldn't have helped. I was in intensive care. I said, it never bothered me. I just walk right in. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, who are you? Well, I'm Dr. Lingerfeld. And so <laughs> I just walk right in. But, but now, you know, you can't even get in the door. Uh, but when you walk in a hotel in a, in a hospital room, who's walking in the door? Some poor, weak, inept powerless Christian or the fullness of Christ. Fullness of Christ. See, you, it's a, it's a <laughs> I was going to say it's a mindset, but it's more than that. It's, a, it's an, it's an surety of faith. It's an assurance of faith. It's, it's, it's this recreated human spirit being trained. See, in other words, it's going to the spiritual gym and lifting the spiritual weights uh, to where you feel strong enough that you can handle this situation. The problem, too, with with training the human spirit is it leads you down paths that are a little bit unusual. I remember this was several years ago. Sue brought me a grandchild that something, you know, needed to be healed. And we're always tempted to pray our best prayer. And the reason we're tempted to pray our best prayer is in case it doesn't work. But years ago, years ago, when I was... Seeing this from the word of God I came to understand that a lot of times we are prolific in words because we're not even sure of how we're praying and so we figure a bunch of words will make up for not knowing how to pray and so I just said a handful of words over her and Sue looked at me like is that all you got bud and and But I mean, you know, she was healed. Look at he split. See, like if you go back and you study Samuel, you go back, you study Elijah, you go back, you study Elisha. They didn't talk a lot. They didn't have a lot to say. Again, the Bible says specifically of Samuel and Jesus that God did not allow their words to fall to the ground. So the question is, do you have confidence in what you just said? Or are you hoping? See, the difference between somebody bringing bringing you a child and, uh, you know, you patting them on the head and kissing them on the head and saying, they're the blessed and healed of Almighty God, they'll be fine by morning, is the, the difference is, are you saying that in hope or are you saying that in faith? And the difference between saying it in hope and saying it in faith is how strong you are in your spirit, man. Now, you, you, you've you been witnesses to this and didn't even know what you were witnesses to. But you have been witnesses of this repeatedly over the years you've been witnesses of this repeatedly in the last two years we take it all for granted but go down the road and find it that I can stand up and say this building will be paid off in 18 months that I can stand up and say Uh, this pestilence will pass us right on by. That that I can stand up and say, this pestilence will pass Faith Christian Center right on by. That I can stand up and say, this pestilence will pass St. Paul's Preparatory Academy right on by. And the Lord not let my words fall to the ground.
0: Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
1: But my point is that this stuff doesn't just happen. If it was automatic, every believer would walk in it. All right, now take everything I just said and apply it to money. And you'll understand why God's people stay stagnant financially because they ain't working it. It's like those weights in my gym, see? In other words, I know that word is there, but you know, I'm not picking it up and lifting it. See, and the weights in my gym don't matter, but paying my bills does. See, operating without worry matters. And God's people, they, you know, it's like all these emergency clinics on every corner. In other words, uh, and, and here's the real crime against humanity in the last 24 months. Just last week, the CDC finally put on their website a page about early treatment two years went by two years went by and nobody, Harvard Johns Hopkins uh, the Mayo Clinic, the CDC nobody said a word about early treatment and every doctor now, California is trying to pass a bill to take the medical licenses from doctors who disagree with the government narrative there's two doctors in the I forgot what value that is that uh, a lot of our produce comes out of. And just between those two doctors, they have saved about 7,000 Hispanic lives, farm workers that they treated quick and early. Didn't lose anybody. Yeah. Didn't lose anybody. If you get to them quick and you, do the right, you give them the right stuff, you don't lose people. People die. You, you've never read one article about somebody dying, dying of COVID at home. Right. Where do they all die? The hospital. Yeah. So strategy number one, don't go. <laughs> See, if everybody's dying at the hospital, <laughs> don't go. In other words, you know, read, find out what you need to have at home. And so if you get the feeling, this or that, you know, don't wait three or four days. Don't let it get ahead of you. Attack it. It's attacking you. Why shouldn't you attack it? Right? Right? See, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. People do this financially, see, they, and I, I'm a smart guy. I understand that sometimes people leave us and it's, it's about money. And I understand that, you know, because they can go somewhere and, you know, throw them 100 bucks a week and be the big dog and the neck that turns the head. Well, that's not going to happen here. Well, number one, it's not going to happen, period. You know, I had a man in my office sit in my office that just weeks ago gave us $300,000. One check. So what are you going to have to do to get my attention?
0: <laughs>
1: do you understand? But you know, they, they, they can go down the road and give them a hundred bucks a week and they can be a deacon or an elder or be the neck that turns the pastor's head or whatever. And uh, in their mind, it costs them money to come here. But see, it doesn't cost anybody anything to come here because there's plenty of people, trust me, there's plenty of people here all the time. And they, it, 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 I, I assure you, it's not costing them anything to come here. And, but then the other flip side of it is, well, what if I'm working the word? You'll get that on the way home. What if I'm working the word? What if I'm working the word? See, I keep pulling ahead. God keeps blessing. You see what I'm saying? In other words, I'm not going backwards. And I'm just, I'm just a minister. You people are in business. You know, I can't believe how God's blessed us. And we just keep giving and believing God and, you know, make some crazy commitments. Easter 2018, when Sue and I committed to give that million dollars, it was crazy. But the Lord showed me how to do it. How did the Lord show me how to do it? January 2018. He said, give Fred and Betty Price $10,000 personally. We did that on January 29, 2018, sent him a check for $10,000 personally, not through the ministry, us personally, to them personally. And he said, and believe me, for a hundredfold on it, and here's how you pray. He taught me, actually taught me how to pray later, the next month, February of 2018. And he said, and so believe me, for 100 fold on the $10,000, then turn around and use that hundredfold return and, and fulfill your million-dollar commitment. So think about it. Think about it. We gave a million dollars into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all it cost us was $10,000. See, it was all designed by God to not cost the believer anything. But if you have in your mind, well, I can't do that. That costs too much. It's like marriage. You know, these guys, you know... (laughs) I can't get married you know it's too big a commitment you know lifetime earnings of married people is higher lifetime life expectancy of married people is higher I mean what kind of thinking is that I can't get married that'd be you know that costs too much no I'm gaining from that that's not costing me something and the same thing is true with my relationship with Father God I'm not it's not costing me something How offensive is that? If you don't think that's offensive, you just go home tonight, you tell your little sweet wife, I'm not sure I'm going to keep you because you cost too much. (laughs) See how that plays out. But see, people are doing that to God. Well, I'm not sure I can, can, you know, it's too expensive. No, there's no cost to it. Now, if you're not walking by faith, I guess you might think it costs something. But if you're walking by faith, because he multiplies what we put in his hands. This would be like the little boy complaining, you know, well, I gave up my three loaves and five fish. Yeah, but he multiplied it. Once you gave it to him, he multiplied it. He fed all those people. If it was 4,000 men on one occasion, 5,000 men on another occasion, if you count women and children, it had to be 15, 20,000 people each time. He multiplied it. He multiplied it. It's what he does. I'm talking about the fullness of God. I'm talking about the fullness of God. I'm talking about you developing and training your recreated human spirit to where you can walk in the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: And so when sickness rears its ugly head in your home and family, you can speak to it. And it's like Jesus being there. Pastor, you don't believe that. I absolutely do. The problem is, the problem is, we don't believe it. He's the head of the body of Christ. And I don't know about your body, but in my body, my head doesn't go anywhere. My head doesn't go anywhere without my body. So where the head is, the body is. But now, wait a minute. how How much work can my head do without my body? It's astounding what the human body can do. Right. This whole thing of eye-hand coordination, it is astounding what the human body can do. Mm-hmm. But the head can't do anything without the body. Right. What can the head do without the hands? What can the head do without the feet? What can the head do without the legs? Well, that's why Jesus seems to be powerless in the United States of America tonight because it's the, he's the head, and the, but he's got a paralyzed body. It's like, it's like the body's laid up in, a, in one of those uh, care centers where, you know, people are paralyzed. He can't do anything without us. He's not here in the flesh. Yeah, but you know, he works by his spirit. Well, he works by his spirit through you. So we have to, we have to be his eyes. We have to be his hands. We have to be his feet. Somebody overheard me telling somebody out here years ago. I said, I said, you're you're forgiven of that. They rehearsed, you know, and I, I said, you're forgiven of that. And then somebody overheard that. They said, you don't, you can't say that. I said, I, I absolutely can. I have that power. I have that authority. I can forgive it. Because sometimes God needs a face. What kind of faces this world out here seeing? Oh, they can't. Because you're, af- I'm talking to, you know, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to them. Because you're afraid and you're sitting home in your pajamas with, you know, even though you're there by yourself. You know, you're sitting there like you're Spider-Man. You got your face all covered up, even though you're by yourself. She's, I, I mean, it's just amazing to me. People drive down the road in their convertibles and they got a mask on. Yeah. Walk down the beach road and, and and where we were in Bell Harbor a few weeks ago, you know, by themselves. Yeah. Or this is what's really hilarious. You know, got, got some old guy and he's walking with what you think is his wife and she's got a mask on and he doesn't. So I guess she's afraid of getting germs off him. I'm not sure. But anyway, so that, that would be, I assure you, if I wore, if I wore a mask walking with Sue, man, I would get the heck. Pulled out of one of my arms, I'll tell you that, man, I'd I'd get shook. (laughs) Fearful. People are fearful. People are fearful. And fear is not the work of God. Fear, Kenneth Hagin used to say, fear is what happens when you believe the words of man. And faith is what happens when you believe the words of God say it out loud, fear is, fear is what happens when I believe the words of man and faith is what happens is what when, I when I believe the words of God so he says you have been given fullness in Christ so he is not only our fullness but we are to be his fullness he is not only our fullness but we are to be his fullness and we have received to that fullness that fullness has filled us can't you see what masters we are of demonic forces? You should not be afraid of Satan. You should not be. There should be no fear in your heart of Satan. You, there should be no fear in your heart of what Satan is about or what Satan's doing. Amen. And demons are beneath our feet. Amen. Let's wrap it up with First, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. But thanks be to God who always, how often? always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him now compare that to where we st- one of the verses we started with this evening John 1:16 from the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another say it again one blessing after another, one blessing after another. and then 2 Corinthians 2:14 but thanks be To God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. And so, has it always been a a steady upward incline? No, no, there have been dips, there have been valleys, there have been challenges, there have been opportunities to uh, throw in the towel, quit, give up. I've got a picture on my desk upstairs Lester Summerall. I did not quit. See, if you quit, you can't win. If you throw in the, it's like a sporting event. If you throw in the towel, you're done. Game over. So you just keep playing. Like Fred Price used to teach us, I play till I win. If we have to go 15 innings, we go 15 innings. If we got to go 35 rounds, we go 35 rounds. If we got to play 12 quarters, we play 12 quarters. But we play until I win. We just keep at it. But see, that's that confidence that comes from this trained human spirit that I know who I am. And this, frankly, is one reason why you have to regulate your fellowship. And this, frankly, is one reason why I think social media was the end of the world, because It just makes everybody's opinion equal to everybody else's opinion and everybody's opinion is not equal to everybody else's opinion. I mean, think about it. One of the most highly respected vaccinologists in America today or maybe the world got thrown off Twitter because somebody decided he was wrong. Well, who are they to decide he's wrong? Right. Wouldn't you love to see a picture of some of these fact checkers? (laughs) You know, when Jim Beal was here to to, uh, dedicate this building, he was the son of my home pastor in Detroit that was coming up on 16 years ago we We had this most ridiculous communication to the church, and Austin read it to us before we came out here for a service and so the, later, I think it was the next day at lunch, Jim Beale said, "Now, when Austin read that email, he said, "I want you to describe to me the person that you pictured in your mind." <laughs> because See, the people that will come along and condemn you, these are not people that have their act together. The people wanting to give you advice on your marriage, these are not the people to listen to about your marriage. The people that want to tell you, uh, well, I wouldn't give my money to no church. And when they say, I wouldn't give my money to no church, they mean they wouldn't give any of their $5 to a church. Social media is the practice of paying attention to losers. Now, there's some good stuff out there. And that's how you have to do, and these things I don't even understand, you know, to, to block and to follow. And then there's a way to do this where you can mute. They don't know you muted them. And, you know, there's, there's ways to get around it. So you're, you're paying attention to people that maybe know what they're talking about. Yeah. But here's the problem. And this is the problem in the body of Christ a lady came up to us after Church Sunday because in Sunday's message, the last few Sundays, we've been reading some quotes related to what we would call positive mental attitude. Our series on Sunday is a mixture of faith and positive mental attitude. And so one of the quotes this past Sunday was from, what was his name? Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy. So she came up to us and introduced herself to me and Sue in Austin after the, church, after the service Sunday, and she said, I used to work for Brian Tracy. So we got into this conversation, and I told her, I said, you know, it's really sad, but I said, when we started out, when we pioneered this church, I said, Dallas, Texas was the epicenter for success and prosperity I said you know they, they would fill Reunion Arena with positive motivational speakers and, and I said you know Dallas was like you know it was all about go 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 you know make it make it make it do it do it do it and I said all that's gone now Every, all, all it is now is complaining and victimhood and critical race theory and it's just it's, just, it's all gone Okay, pull that over into the church world, and that's what's happened in the church world.
0: Yeah.
1: Because when we pioneered this church, there were famous word of faith men of God scattered across the country. I remember sitting with Sue in a... I think that was... I think that was Jackson, Mississippi... But this happened several times. Miami. I remember sitting in Miami eating at Joe's Stone Crab with Kenneth Hagan and what was his name in Miami? Stan? Stan Moore? I mean just a plethora of these competent Word of Faith guys. I remember being we were in a steakhouse one night whatever that steakhouse is where they have peanuts all over the floor and uh, <laughs> and you know And I could stand here and name names, and and what a group of guys, you know, full of faith and and happy and jovial, and, you know, it was just a great day. Hear Dad Hagin in the morning, you know, go to lunch with these faith people, and uh, then go back and hear Dad Hagin at night. Those were just great days. But listen, that's all gone. It's all gone. I feel sorry for Austin because, you know, when he was a little guy, we would take him with us. So he, he, know, he knows what it was like to some degree, but he hears me tell stories. He's hearing me tell this story right now. But see, it's not like that. It's not like that. And I'm not the only one that feels like this because I got a text from one of the few remaining Word of Faith guys, competent Word of Faith guys in America, and he said, hey, he said, I'm going I'm to get in touch with you. I'm going to pick some days. I'm going to fly down there, you know, and I just need to hang out. So that tells me that I'm not the only one that feels like there is a dearth of this faith fellowship. And you need to think through who you're hanging out with. And you need to think through where you're going to church because I see guests here tonight. And you need to think through who you're connected to. And you need to think through what you're listening to. Amen. And the guys here tonight, do not miss the spring power lunch. Because that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about listening. Your life sitting here tonight is the result of who you have listened to. Amen. Your, your net worth how much money you have. It is totally, absolutely the result of who you have been listening to. You got to watch words. You got to watch words. You got to watch words. Sometimes we'll watch one of these newer movies, you know, it's like... (laughs) You know, because the guy, you know, the guy's just working the chick, you know. Oh, I love you, you know, and my body needs you, you know. And, you know, and Sue and I are so disgusted, you know, because, and we'll, you know, we'll stop the movie and I'll say, my family probably is so weary of me because I'll stop the movie and say, now, how could she know that he loved her? It's one of the greatest. Greatest moments of my entire life. There's nothing like it. Totally nothing like it. August 18, 1975. Took her out on a date. See, how many, how many women have had babies and never been on a date? Took her to a, our favorite place, Lenormandy. It's gone in Cincinnati. And we're sitting on a park bench out there on Fountain Square. And, you know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a, a bumbler and a stumbler, man. I mean, I had the ring. I had it in my pocket. And I said, will you marry me? Unrepeatable, because those words will never come out of my mouth again. She said someday. I said no, and I pulled the ring out of my pocket. I said I'm talking about now, baby. <laughs> so she made me wait a few months, but uh, see, that's commitment, and that's the, that's the difference on a lot of Christians. See, they're just talk. They're just all talk. They're just all talk in Texas. When I sold when I sold jewelry over at Zales in Seminary South, they would come in from West Texas, from Weatherford out there, Parker County, and we called them all hat and no horse. You know, Friday night, Saturday, they'd had the hat, they had the belt buckle, they had the shoes. Yeah, I mean the boots. You know, they, but they were all hat and no horse. But then. You know, sometimes they come in and man, they had the evidence on their boots and you knew this was a real deal. And a lot of Christians, you know, it's just talk, words, and they got no power. They got no power with God. And the difference is in the doing and the doing is how we train the human spirit. Do not let this word of God depart from your mouth. Yes, that's in there. That's part of the formula. Meditate on it day and night. Are we meditating on it day and night or are we sitting there studying the Facebook on our phone and everybody's opinion? Right. Opinions are like rectums. Everybody's got one.
0: <laughs> do, not let
1: this, do not let this word of God depart from your mouth. Meditate In it, day and night, so that you may be careful to what? Okay, so the word of God not departing from your mouth and meditating on the word of God is toward what end? Toward what end? In other words, speaking the word of God and meditating on the word of God leads you toward a destination. It leads you to an end. What is the end? That you may be careful to what? Do everything written written therein. And when you do it, your faith grows, your spirit man is trained, and you become strong in the Lord and the power of his might.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. 3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com Remember to put God first in every area of your life because He loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget we walk by faith, not by sight.